0: you're listening to faith community church's weekly podcast we hope this week's message from god is insightful and an inspiration to you
1: well jeremiah is part of our preaching team at faith community church and i have a fun little story to tell about four years ago we our church was in a time when and just to give you a backstory faith community church has tried to be a mission planting mission in our sixteen years of existence, and with that, one of the things that we helped to plant or mission that we started to plant was Redeemer Anglican Church, which happens to now worship in this building at eleven am after we worship in this building our Pa- the pastor of that church, Rob, was our worship leader for many, many years, and became a, a vicar, a priest in the Anglican Church. And then a couple years later, Nick Hart launched Flow Loves You Ministry to at-risk teens in the county, for which my daughter Cassidy works for that that ministry now. And we launched that. And then a couple of years later, uh, we tried to help relaunch a uh, Calvary Chapel. And so we were in a season of saying, "That's about 2018," is what mm-hmm. we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. And we were in a season of going, "Hey, would you?" Pray. And we even asked you to fast. Some of you may remember this. You're like, no, I don't do that. But you remember that you said, no, I don't do that. And we were trying to fast about, we feel like it's time to plan a new mission. And there was one Sunday we had here and Jeremiah and Cameron had just moved back to, to the area. Yeah. And we had an open mic you know, traveling through. And we were just saying, hey, what's God putting on your heart? Because we kind of feel like maybe it's time to start a new church. <laughs> and Jeremiah grabs the mic and he goes... Um, so we just moved back from Fresno <laughs> yeah, yeah. feeling like God had put it on our heart to plant a church. Well, that was four years ago yeah. and he's been teaching at Monta Vista for a long time. And now we can put up this slide is we get to announce there's working on a new house. church. Yeah. Talk to us yeah. about this new thing that God's yeah. doing.
0: Yeah. It was interesting when we first moved, because we are, when we, we were in Fresno for eight years, and then when we moved back was this desire to, like, felt like the Lord was calling us to plant a church. And, and so we actually went to just multiple churches when we first moved back, because we were like, well, we already, we know God's doing something in Santa Cruz County, right? Like, we're not, it's not like we're moving to Santa Cruz County to, like, start something new, right? Like, um, but we, so we visited churches, and so it just, just so happened. <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah that we attended FCC the week that you guys were talking about, like, oh, like, we're talking about, and I'll tell you, like, sitting back there, I was just like, oh, no, like, you know, like, do you have those, like, Holy Spirit moments where you're like, no, like, I don't, I'm, I, I, like, literally my first Sunday here, I don't want to say anything in front of everybody, like, it's not, and so, yeah, we we started just kind of walking down that road of like, what would it look like to plant a church and, and start a new uh, a church in, in uh, Santa Cruz County and where in Santa Cruz County and what would that look like? And, and we met with Andy and Cambrian uh, is my wife and, and I met with Andy and, and Alita, uh, for, was it a year? I, yeah. I, I think it's, it was during COVID. So it's like time warp um, time. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and so, yeah, we've just been in the process of like, okay, Lord, if this is something you want, we'll keep pursuing it. And, and it, and we, we spent time praying and there were people who were like, we're in, and then it wouldn't happen. And, and so we just were like, okay, God, like in your time, in your time. And, and it was actually in August, right. When Andy went on sabbatical, there was like a, there was like a group of people who my wife and I knew who like, weren't going to church anywhere. And we were like, well, Why don't we just? Why don't we all just start a church together? And they were like, "Yeah, let's do it." It was just like it was totally the Lord. Like, so this group of people, we all we came together and we started um, meeting together and we've been praying together. And so we meet Saturday mornings. It's currently when we meet um, at our house in Watsonville. And, uh, it's been a really beautiful time and we're walking through first John right now. And we spend time praying together and confessing sin to one another and, and loving on each other. And, and, uh, and so, and we're actually doing a, a little bit. Ret- I was just telling Andy, we're doing a, a little retreat in, in November as well, where we can just go get away. The men will go one day and then the women will go one day. Cause we all have kids. Um, and so uh, just to spend some time praying for our community and for our neighborhood and, and, uh, and so, yeah, we've been really excited to meet and it's totally been the Lord's doing. Uh, and, um, I told, I tell people like I'm, I don't necessarily there's like a I don't if you've been around church ministry for a long time there's like this vision of like the the church planter you know what I mean and I and I don't ever feel like I am like that person but I feel like the Lord is just like hey like this is what I've called you to do and so we're just going to be faithful with it and and walk with people in that process and um and it's really fun yeah
1: it's got, it's got a model
0: that looks yeah, like so the, hopefully yeah, the, it replicates Yeah good thank you. Yeah, yeah the model is uh, it's it's a, a model that's really <laughs> kind of taking off in San Francisco In other parts of the world right now, it's this like house church model. So there's, there isn't this desire to like, eventually we'll be you know like have our our own building. We'll meet you know together. It's this model of like small home church, and it's gonna it'll be continue to be home church, and then churches. So the desire would be to grow in that small church. Um, as we begin talking to people and, and leading people to Jesus and people start joining us. And then as we get to the point where we start to like bust at the seams at our house, which is not going to be really hard to do because it's not very big. Um, then we would just like hive off and start another home church. So there would be whoever in that group goes like, hey, like we're, we'll, we'll take it over and we'll go to our house. And then there would be just kind of now two groups. And then, so it's, uh, it's really like a home church model with continuous splitting after we get to maybe 20-ish people or something like that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so... Well, and it's cool because so today you're going to preach, and then you're going to preach again during Advent at Christmas, yes, yeah. which is kind of be our send off, kind of our Sunday. We're yeah. going to just commission and bless and send yeah. you in Cambria and whoever might want to join yes. you yeah, yeah. on that Sunday out. Yeah. But let's start. Let me pray for you this thank morning you. as you're going to get into where are we at Matthew? Yeah, Matthew
0: 18. If you want to turn there, um, not while we're praying, of course, but, uh, but uh, <laughs> in a minute. That's where we're yeah, going. Yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Well, let me pray.
1: <clears throat> God, I thank you that you are alive and well, and that you are your spirit is moving. And as Jeremiah and I have been through it in the last four years, you know, you get excited when you see something happening and then it's like, hurry up and wait. And then it was wait for a while. And then now it's like suddenly a door has opened. And God, we just ask that you would just bless he and Cambria and just their family and these families who are starting this house church. We actually pray for for replication, that there are other house churches that do emerge out of this and that something really powerful can happen through this ministry. We also ask this morning, God, that you would speak with power through Jeremiah about one of the issues that is one of the hardest issues to face in life, which is broken relationships and forgiveness. So help us to hear Jesus through Jeremiah this morning, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you. You yeah, if you want to turn to, uh, to Matthew chapter 18, we're going to be in uh, at 18 verses 21 through 35. And if you don't have a, a Bible, there's one in the, in the seat back in front of you. Um, sorry about that. 18, uh, 21 through 35. Uh, I, I'm going to begin, um, and we're, I just want to read the passage. Just read it through uh, before, we, before we dive in. So let me start uh, again. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Here's what Matthew says. Then Peter came up and said to him, that is to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. Verse 26. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you. If you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Let me, uh, let me pray. God, uh, father, thank you for your scriptures. And uh, man, they are so hard. um sometimes i feel like when i read scripture lord i I read your word and i'm so uplifted and i'm encouraged and uh, i'm just i'm ready to go and and sometimes i read passages and i'm like like um i'd like to just i'd like to just erase that part because that doesn't sound uh, like something i i want to do and or something that i can do and, uh, and God, we, we admit this is not something that we can do in and of our own power. We need you. Um, and so, God, I pray that you would give me wisdom as I teach, um, that you would fill my mouth with your words, with your compassion. Father, I pray that you would move in our hearts, that your spirit would move in a mighty way, that we would be a people that are different than the world around us, that we would be a city on a hill that light just shines bright because we follow the ways of Jesus. So help us to follow your son's ways. Jesus, thank you for this incredible example of forgiveness that you've given us. Lead us in your ways, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> So we're in this series um called Come Follow Me and it's um taking a look at the at the life of Jesus and and the things that Jesus calls his people to do. Um and uh um I think the last time I talked, I told you how Andy is like incredibly detailed and he, uh, usually with his like sermons, he like puts our sermon series. He puts like a little quote at the very top. And I, and I always appreciate that because it just helps you think a little bit. And as I was thinking through this message, like I just, I kept coming back to that quote, um, a quote by Dallas Willard. And, um, and so I'm just going to, uh, I think I have it up here, but I want to just read it to you, um, because I think this is, this is really applicable for this. Uh, for, this, uh, for all of the things that we've been talking about in this series, but especially for this. This is what Dallas says. Um, he says the greatest issue facing the world today with all its heartbreaking needs is whether those who by profession or culture are identified as Christians will become disciples, that is students, apprentices, or practitioners of Jesus Christ. Steadily learning from him how to live the life of the kingdom of the heavens into every corner of human existence. You see, Dallas says that the, the greatest issue facing the world today is whether you and I, who call ourselves Christians, who call ourselves followers of Jesus, if, whether or not we would actually be practitioners of the ways of Jesus? Like, are we actually going to practice the ways of Jesus? Uh, And I love that he says by profession or by culture. Because I think what I, as I look at our culture today, we have this culture, there's a lot of people who would say, I'm Christian. And if you ask them, why are they Christian? It's like, well, I've gone to church a couple of times. I I deal with that at the school that I teach at at Monte Vista. We have uh, maybe 20% of our kids are are actually followers of Jesus. But there's a whole host that are like culturally Christian. If you ask them, why are they Christian? They say, well, it's because I've got, you know, I go to church and I've asked one kid like, well, like where do you go to church? Well, oh well, uh, and they're like, I don't, I don't really know the name of it. I'm like, oh, like, well, how, what does going to church look like for you? Like, well, I've, I, we, I've gone on Easter and like on Christmas a couple of times. And I'm like, oh, you're what we call creaster. Um, so like, so there, there's a difference between a creaser and a Christian sometimes. Yes, like somebody who says like, "Oh, I'm a, I'm a," but I love that he just says, "Look, if whether by by profession or by culture, are you are you a Christian?" He says that we would actually be practitioners of the ways of Jesus, living the life of the kingdom of heaven, and and there are some things that Jesus calls us to do that are like. I, I, if I'm honest, I'm like, oh, I, feel like I, I feel like I could kind of do that on my own. Like, I, I know that I need Jesus and I know I need the Holy Spirit. But there are certain things where I'm like, I feel like I could kind of do that. I don't really need to, like, seek the Holy Spirit in, like, lots of prayer. This is not one of them. And I don't know if it is for you, if if you just, you're just like readily forgive everybody. Like even the most atrocious things happen. You're like, no big deal. God loves you. I love you. I forgive you. That's not me. Um, And and so just, I want to dive in. What is, what is Jesus calling us as practitioners, as disciples, as followers of Jesus? What is he calling us to do? So if you're sitting in this room or if you're at home on the live stream, you're listening to this later, and you are not a follower of Jesus, I'm just going to say it would be really great if you could do this, but I don't think that you're going to be able to do this on your own. And so you get to just like join in as we, as as the body of Christ go, okay, what does Jesus call us to? Um, So let's just jump in. Verse 21. Peter says, uh, sorry, Matthew says, then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me? And I forgive him as many as seven times. Jesus said to him, I don't say seven times, but 77 times. Now, some of you, if you're reading the NASB or maybe another translation, it might say 70 times seven and 77 times or 70 times seven. Um, That's not necessarily the point here. Yeah. Uh, Peter is actually making a statement where like he's actually being like uber religious, like super pious right here. The actual, in, in, the, in the traditional rabbinic teaching, um, if you were an offended person, you only needed to forgive a brother three times. Like they sinned against you, you could forgive. They sinned against you, you could forgive. You sinned against, they sinned against you, you forgive. They do it again, you're like, we're done. Like no, no more forgiveness that like in the traditional rabbinic teaching three times. So in his mind, he's going, okay, like, I'm just gonna, I'm going to do a little leg up here against all the other disciples. And I'm just going to look really good to Jesus. Like, Oh Jesus. So if I'm sinned again, should I forgive seven times? <laughs> and Jesus is like, no. And I just imagine Peter like oh no, like just like defeated. Yeah. Cause he's like, I'll take the three, I'll double it. And then I'll just add one more, you know, just to be like, I'm look how great I am. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. How about 77 times or 70 times seven. So 490 so is Jesus saying, "No, no, I'm, I'm telling you to like, you know, 70 so times 78 you can now forgive." Or 491, which time which time? And you're like, "I like the other one, 78." We'll just take that translation cuz that feels better. Um, now that's not what he's teaching. Right, And so then Jesus goes on to, to kind of describe, like, let me tell you why. And, and I think here, you know, I think Peter 2 is trying to choose this like perfect number. And Jesus is like, no, no, like there's way more sevens, right? We could go even more sevens here. I want you to forgive this amount of time. So Jesus tells us a parable. Now, a parable is like, it's not a true story. It it could have happened at some point. You ever seen those in movies where it's like, like if there's any sort of like accidental depiction here on your life, that was that was not meant to be. Yeah, this is like a parable is like it could be, it maybe at some point. But Jesus isn't saying this has happened. He's just making up a story. And the parable is this idea. There's like a truth thrown alongside. It's like this story that's it's got a moral to it, right? There's a truth inside of it that Jesus is trying to communicate. So he tells this parable. He's like, look, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to verse 23. This is where I am. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king. He wished to settle his accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And if you're like me, I'm like, you're like, I don't, a talent, like, like the talent show? Like, what do we, what is the talent? Like he, so um, in, in this day and time, a talent. Is this like monetary unit that we don't use? We have, uh, it's a very interesting monetary unit. So, um, if you take, uh, like, like the, I, I try to think of monetary units that we use, yeah, and and like you, you we all know what a salary is, right like a, like a year 's wages roughly, and we could be you could be salaried, and there's different... yes, but let's just go with like a salary right about a year's wages well in, in this context, in this um, region, they had like a talent was actually twenty years' wages, so if you took a salary of a person, and then you took that salary for 20 years, that was equal to one talent. And I tried for the life of me to try to find if we have any word for anything like that. And if we do, and you're thinking of it, feel free to yell it out, but I couldn't think of it. So talent is about 20 years wages. So just so we have an understanding of the forgiveness that the king has offered this guy. Yes, is if you take like a a laborer's wages, right? You take like $15 an hour, I think is minimum wage, roughly, right? $15 an hour. And you go, okay, $15 an hour times eight hours uh, a day, times 40 hours a week, times a whole year. And it's like something like $31,000, and two thirty one thousand two hundred, something like that. So like thirty-one thousand. So let's just round, let's say they, they don't get paid minimum wage and they're getting paid like they just make it easy on me because I'm not a math teacher, I'm a Bible teacher. Thirty thousand. So thirty thousand, and we're starting to get like you're already like, wait, where am I? How long is this? So thirty thousand is one year, right? Now you go times twenty years. Is anybody know the math on that? What's 20 times 30,000? 600,000. Yeah. So if you keep doing the math, yeah, and then he owes 10,000 of those. Yeah, it's this astronomical number. Yeah, like for some reason, again, because I'm not a math teacher, and I think my math is wrong. But it's somewhere over like 300 million or something like 100,000 100, million. Yeah, 300 million. Something like it's, an, it's like an astronomical amount, which you and I. Okay. Maybe you, because I don't know you, maybe 300 million or something like that is like a number where you're like, oh yeah, like, that's no big deal. If so, you remember that check that Annie was talking about that could be written. <laughs> I think I know a place where it's coming from. My guess is like, that is like an astronomical amount to you. Yeah, like it would take you like 200, like for this person who makes 30,000, it's like 200,000 years. To pay off this debt. This is like, Jesus is trying to make a point. Yes? He's like, there's no possible way this person could ever pay back this debt. 200,000 years to pay it off. And since he could not pay it off. And you're like, well, yeah, no duh. Right? Verse 25. His master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. Now again, with the amount, there's no way he could pay it. It's not possible. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and he forgave the debt. This word um, pity that the master feels the king feels for this servant is this, the Greek words, and I'm not saying it correct, Um, but it's actually this word that's used multiple times in the new Testament. And it's this idea of being moved like deep in your bowels, but moved to action. It's this idea of compassion with action behind it. And so you're, you're, you ever seen someone and you're just like, oh, like maybe your parent, your child does something and you're just like, oh, like you're just compassion, you're moved to pity. Like you have to do something about it. That's this idea. In the New Testament, it is only used um, for Jesus when he feels compassion, where he is moved in his like inner being and he has to do something about it. The good Samaritan and then the, fa- the father in the prodigal son story. That's it. Those are the only times it's used in the New Testament. And, and G- Jesus says that the king, the father in heaven, yeah, is, that's, that's his, that's his, his motivation. He's, he sees him and he just, he has so much capacity, he just has to do something about it. And so he just says, I'm going to forgive you. You're forgiven. Verse 28, but when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seizing him, he began to choke him saying, pay what you owe. And now for again, denarii, you and I don't know what that is. And that's just like, that's a, again, if you take the laborers daily wages, that's like a daily's wage, a day's wage. So $15 an hour times $8 an hour, it's like 100, 120 bucks. And how much did he owe? A hundred of those. So how long would it take him to pay back that? hundred days. Yeah, a hundred days wages. And this other guy, it would have taken him 200,000 years or more. You get the idea, yeah? Like we're like, oh, I, I feel like if I owed someone $12,000, that's like a, oh, that sucks. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be a while. But like, I'm like, I could, I, could, I could do it. You know, I'm like, I could do it. I could get there. I think I could pay you back. Yeah. Um, and yet he is completely um, without compassion. Verse 29. So his fellow servant fell down. And pleaded with him. Do you notice the same? It's the same language, right? Jesus, it's like the same words over like repeated. Yeah? His fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him. Have patience with me and I will pay you. Verse 30, and he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. You see, the first master, the king, who is owed this astronomical is moved to compassion. And the second master, man, zero pity. You see, somehow he thinks that the offense towards him was, is worse than the offense towards, than he towards his master. He feels that the offense towards him is actually worse than what he's committed towards the master. That's why he has no pity. If that's that's not you, it's me. Uh, That's us. We often think that the offense towards us is far worse than the offense that we've committed towards our master. Now when this guy's fellow servants, they see what is happening and they clearly recognize timeout, like something is like horribly wrong, right? And they go on in 31. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. It should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also, my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. You see, Jesus is is communicating to us, to his disciples and to us, yes, that our forgiveness of others should be directly proportional to the forgiveness that we have received. Our forgiveness of others should be directly proportional to the forgiveness that we have received. And I think herein lies the problem, is that you and I, I do, And as I've been thinking about this message, I I just am realizing it more and more. We fail miserably to understand how much we've been forgiven. Man, we fail miserably. I fail miserably at understanding how much I've been forgiven and and this is exactly what jesus is trying to communicate yeah that's like the whole point of this parable uh, parable why it's so powerful it's like like jesus like it's like 25,000 times more right is what you have been forgiven and i and i think what he's trying to do is he's trying to help us understand the gravity of our, unsin, of our own sin, like our sin, uh, whatever has been committed against us, it's incomparable to what what we have done against a holy and a perfect God. Now, I think some people might feel like this, as I, especially as I was reading, uh, some people might feel like, well, it's not very clear. So, like. Maybe I don't really have to forgive people like all the time. Somehow some people twist this to like, think like, well, then, you know, God will just put me somewhere and I'll, I'll just have to pay off my own debts. I would much rather at the end of the day, when Jesus returns, be put somewhere and pay off my debts that I owe, that I owe to the father, than have to forgive that person. I would much rather do that. Um, and, I, and that's, some people, that might sound better. Um, and some people might think like, you know what? I'll just, I'll just take my chances because there's no way I could ever forgive that person. Jesus doesn't just talk about forgiveness in this passage. He talks about it quite a bit. Um, and one of the most famous passages in all scripture, um, it actually comes after uh, one of the most famous passages of all scripture. You know it. You have the Lord's Prayer. We can all say it together because I'm about to say it. But if you want to say it with me, you can, yeah? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And some, and some other passages for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen, yeah? And Matthew, anybody know what comes after that? Uh, In my class, I'd be like a dollar to anybody who knows. I won't do that here. Uh, He says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You ready? For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Oof. That's a kick in the gut. There's no caveats to this one. If, you know, it's this thing, then it's okay not to forgive. Now I'm going to just pause, like a big pause button here. Yeah. Because I read that and, and I know, uh, myself included, that some of us have experienced some real evil against us. Like, and not just like the, somebody drove by us and cut us off. Yeah. In traffic or but like real evil. And, uh, and as I was processing this, I'm, I'm thinking about like things that have happened in my life. And I'm like, this is where I'm like, I can't do it on my own. When I think of those things that have been done to me and I think of those people Forgiveness is not the first thing that comes to mind. And and I, I just I want to acknowledge like you have experienced real trauma and real evil in your life. And uh and and it's not easy to follow Jesus. It's it is not easy to follow Jesus. You know, as Jesus is, you know anything about his life? He was uh, arrested. And then he was taken before a council and and totally wrongly accused. And then he was handed over and he was flogged and he was spit on. He was blindfolded and they would just punch him in the face like, prophesy who hit you. And they would spit on him, tore his back open by flogging him. And then you know, threw salt in it, and he carried his cross, bleeding, to Calvary, and the nails placed in him in his hands and his feet. The Son of God, the 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 King, the Creator of the universe, the one who who like who spoke. And the son came into existence, took on flesh and experienced that. And as he's hanging there, his words, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You see, the the greatest atrocity that has ever taken place on this planet is when the king of glory was nailed to the cross. And in that moment, his heart was of compassion towards those who were killing him. So, it doesn't minimize what you've gone through. But it calls us to do something about it. That's not easy. I, um, you know, I, I, I've told my story. I, I grew up, um, my, my dad uh, was not easy to live with when I was a kid. And then left our family. And I won't go into all the details. Um, but I, I hated my dad like with a, with a passion. And, uh, I, I hated him so much. And, um, when I, I met my wife, Cambria, um, I began going to church and, and I began to follow Jesus. And I felt like the Lord was like laying this heavily on me. I want you to forgive him. And I just remember like wanting to throw up like I, I remember I actually I remember sitting down and I'm, I'm in tears and I remember I was telling my wife like she was not my wife at the time um, but I, I said to her I said like I don't know how like I don't I don't know what forgiveness looks like like how do you forgive that And, uh, and so I, uh, I just began to pray, God, I, I need you because I I don't, I don't know what forgiveness looks like. Now, some of us, when we've had something done to us, you know, that moment of like, okay, I just need to take a breath. I need to just like sit for a moment and then I can come back to you. Yeah. Like my son the other day, like he like, took a chunk out of my finger and I was like, and he was like, sorry, dad. I was like, buddy, I forgive you. Like, I love you. Like that's easy. Yeah. But when you think of something like this, you're like, I don't need like, I have so many years of hate just piled up on top of each other. And so much anger. Like, I don't even know where to begin. And, and I think the first place that we begin is that we pray. Like, we have to pray. And I don't mean that you pray for them, like curses on them, right? Like, that's you've already been praying that. So that you stop that. <laughs> and you begin praying, like, God, like, like, I desperately need you to even want to forgive. Because, like, honestly, you probably, there is probably not a desire in you to forgive. And so we begin to pray. We go, God, and this is what I had to do with my dad. De- I said, God, I, I, I need you Help me to forgive, and and then we forgive. And I, as I thought about this, like, what does that look like? And and the only thing that I could that I could think of as I did this, and I and I've you know seen other people do this is you have to say it out loud. And you won't be able to probably, especially if if you've experienced some real, like, uh, gut-wrenching evil in your life. But to actually say out loud, I forgive you to that person. My wife's a therapist and she'll do this thing sometimes where, like, like, you can't say it to the person. And so you get, like, an empty chair and you, like, put the empty chair there. And then you try to, like, picture the person there. And I remember like I it's like I didn't even want to say it to an empty chair. And so you you say it out loud. And your heart is still going to hurt. And it's going to be hard. And you probably will not have fully forgiven. And so you pray again. You pray some more. And then you forgive again and you just rant and repeat and you pray and you forgive and you pray and you say it out loud and you ask God to bring healing to your heart to help you to forgive. And then you say it out loud again. And uh, <clears throat> I actually got to the point where I could go. I went and visited my dad where he was living and part of my healing process was just telling him what he did. And that was hard. And I just said, I, like, you did this to me and to my family. And, uh, and he, you know, I, I'm fortunate that he was like, I'm sorry. Some of us don't, don't get that luxury, unfortunately. And, uh, and so if you can, tell them in person, I forgive you. And it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, don't think this is something that's easy to do. Um, And so I don't, I don't say it lightly, but I do know that as we pray and as we forgive and as we pray more and as we forgive again, and as we pray that eventually God does something in our hearts that I can, I can look at my dad like 100% now. And our relationship doesn't look the same, by the way. It, um, it, it doesn't mean that I, I trust him in like just blatant trust, like blindly. But I love him. And I do, I forgive him. And, and I, I can tell you it's possible. It is possible to get there. And, and it took me years to get there. But it's possible. And so, what I want to do is, I want to invite the band up as we just take some time to ponder this idea of forgiving others. Um, and and I, you know, as I was I was contemplating this idea of forgiveness, I um, I, I was I was drawn back consistently to the parable of Jesus. And this idea of the, the weight of our sin. <clears throat> and, and I just, I, I had some good time with Jesus saying, like just spending time praying and saying, like, I, I do not grasp the gravity of my own sin. And I just spent some time as I was meditating on that, the Lord kind of brought something to mind. And I thought, yep. Um, I thought of like a little grain of sand. And I thought in the grand scheme of things, when I think about my sin towards a holy God, like in, if I'm honest with you, if we were to place my sin on a scale of like weightiness it's like, I would, I would put like a little grain of sand, if I'm honest. That's why I continue to sin. Because I don't grasp the gravity of that sinfulness towards a holy and perfect God. And I thought, God, is there anything smaller than a grain of sand? This is like the smallest thing I could think of. It's a deal of research. And I'm not a science guy. Again, I teach Bible, not science. But there's these things called protons. Um, they used to think, by the way, that protons were like the building blocks of life. Like, it's like literally everything was made up of protons. And, um, and a proton is about... trillion times smaller than a grain of sand. Now, I don't know how many know this, but they actually realize that there's something smaller than a proton. Like protons are made up of like three different things, like three called quarks, I think is what it's called, a quark. And I thought, that's stupid. This is like somebody on Wikipedia who just made this up, and I'm totally believing it. But they did, and they found these, and those are 2,000 times smaller than a proton. And I thought, God, so what I did, I actually took a little grain of sand, and I, I put it here in my Bible, and I said, the weight of my sin. Because in, in reality, that's what I think. I think the weight of my sin, in the grand scheme of things, or put on scale, it's about the size of a a little grain of sand. But if I were a proton and I were looking at the size of this piece of sand, if I were a (laughs) quark and I were looking at the size of this grain of sand, I'd be overwhelmed. It's like you and I looking at the size of this universe, yeah? Like... So what I did actually was I actually thought, I'm I'm not, I don't usually come up with these kinds of things, but I felt like, you know what, Lord? If it helps you to grasp the weight of your sin, because I think this is how we lead towards forgiveness towards other people, is we have to grasp the gravity of our own sin. Because as I began, even like thinking about that, I thought, man, like I want to forgive. Like I've been forgiven so much, I want to forgive. There's there's on the corners over here and over here, there's tape. Um, and that one is like a packaging tape, so you can just take off a little piece. But there's a little bucket of sand, or a little thing of sand. And if you just dip your finger in, probably enough will stick to your finger. And you can just grab one, and you can put it on a piece of tape. And you can put it in your Bible, or you can put it somewhere. And when you see it go like, yeah, that's probably how I view my sin. But man, if I were if I were a proton, this would be absolutely overwhelming to me. 2.4 trillion times smaller than a grain of sand. And as we think through what it looks like to forgive others, again, I, I want to just remind us: um, it's not it's not an easy process. But it's still something Jesus calls us to. Um, For our benefit, too. Um, In multiple ways. So that we would be forgiven. But also that we might experience real, true life here on earth. Let me pray for us. Father, we desperately need you. Man, we we do not grasp the gravity of our own sin. And so when somebody wrongs us, we're so quick to judge and and to to be unforgiving. And so, Father, would you help us to forgive? And God, I, I pray for those of us who have experienced real evil, real traumatic evil in our lives. God, that you would help us Would you heal our hearts? Father, I pray that you would just softly usher us into healing. Would you help us to forgive those who have wronged us? Father, help us to forgive um, because that's what you call us to do. And because that's what you have done we have committed the most atrocious thing ever possible by committing sin against you. And yet you were moved to compassion for us. And you sent your son to die in our place. Like you didn't even just like, okay, well I'll just forgive you. You actually, you, it cost you a great deal in order to offer us forgiveness. And sometimes it it doesn't necessarily cost us a great deal Physically, but it does cost us a great deal emotionally to offer forgiveness. And so God help us walk through that process. Would you walk with us through that? Would you bring healing? And God, I do pray that um, if there are any here today who have someone in mind, God, that you would bring someone to mind that they have not forgiven. Would you even in this time, as we spend time worshiping you through song, um, that you would just give us the courage to go and, 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 um, and forgive them. Um, that we would offer that forgiveness and be and be free today. Father, we need you. Spirit, we need you to move in our lives. Because we can't do it on our own. Um, we love you. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this production of Faith Community Church in Santa Cruz, California visit our complete archive of sermons to learn more about FCC or to view our live streaming services, please visit us online at santacruzfaith.org.